0: midlife the midwest it's the middle class the millennials baby boomers west coast east coast the far right the far left what we need is some middle ground
1: middle ground middle 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 ground
0: all right hello hello welcome groundlings or actually we have a request to call you ground hogs but we'll get into that welcome to
1: middle ground i'm chris otto and i'm chris Couch. thank you groundhogs ground hogs and groundlings, for joining us this week we got a lot to get to we're just um, a couple of guys trying
0: to sort it all out and find some balance. Middle-aged, middle-life, middle Midwest, middle of everything.
1: That's middle of the are. country, middle of everything. Uh, I'm still That's trying right, to figure so. it all out.
0: Our guest this week has, uh, this is interesting, he's left his home and his life behind in Durango, Colorado. <laughs> taken his 15-year-old son out of school. Piled him in a van. Put his wife in the van also. Good, don't forget her. And, and they the dogs. Sp- and a dog. That's right. Wife, dog, kid. And they are spending the next 14 months traveling the good old USA. So we are going to talk to him. Uh, actually, this is a, a first for Middle Ground. We're going to talk to the whole damn family. Him, his yeah. wife, and his kid.
1: It's a family affair. It's the kind it of thing is. you do in your 20s. Most people do in their... Not most people, but a lot of people do in their 20s. And this these people just up and did it in their uh, in their mid-40s with a family I said we're doing this. So it's he must crazy. have gotten
0: fired from his job. He's just not telling us.
1: <laughs> Chris, where could people reach us though? First and first and foremost, you want to get a hold of us. Send us an
0: email. If they want to send us an email, though, we require that they go to iTunes and write a nice review of us. Review, yes. review, review. We would like to move up in the standings. Right now we're like 16,492 out of 16,493 podcasts. And uh, if we get, I think, three more reviews, we get bumped into the top 20.
1: Yeah, so. I, I. you know what? You're actually that. That might be pretty accurate. It's not a very labor-intensive thing. A couple people log on, review it. We're in the top 10. People, you could make this happen. We could be right behind the Guys We Fucked podcast, and Joel Osteen, somewhere right in there, if a couple of people would just do their bit. That's all I'm asking. Just do your share.
0: You know, there there are literally, I think, I don't know, somewhere close to a half a million podcasts, and like 499.9 thousand of them are never listened to. They do like three episodes and they disappear. So the only way to get into the elite one percent though is to be reviewed that's the only way
1: look i'll put it to you this way people we don't we don't ask for a lot here chris and i but uh it doesn't cost you anything to listen to this so we're not asking you for your money we're asking you instead for your time maybe two three minutes of it to just log on and write a review so if you don't have have fu money that's fine but if you got fu time we'll take it
0: you know, I feel I feel like we're, we work for like National Public Radio, and this is a pledge drive, but we're, we're asking for nothing. You can send us $0 once a month for a year. How's that for a deal? And you still get the same content. It's amazing. And I'm,
1: and, yeah, and for those of you that log on and do this, I've got some old DVDs from, from some old WTTW public television programming. I'll send them to you. You can have it. You can buy that programming too. I think I've got Chicago by River. I think I can send there that you go. to you. I've I got,
0: I've got... Uh, I, for people who love free T-shirts. I got lots of T-shirts. I'll, I'll send you a T-shirt. You know, as long as you're not picky about what's on it, I'll send. We'll give you a free T-shirt. There you yeah. go, free T-shirt and some uh, some pins. And what else do we have, Louise? What else do we have in the junk? We, we'll get. You know what? We're gonna start a junk box, and we're gonna send people stuff. We're gonna yeah. send away free shit for just yeah. for a review. That's it. All you have to do is write a review and you get free shit, but we, uh, but we digest. Um, so this week, lots going on. I don't even know what we're going to talk about. We have so much to, to choose from.
1: Well, I'm going to start it off with uh, big uh, news of the world because I think it affects us a little bit here in the U.S. I'd be curious to hear your take on it. So let's go with Brexit. Um, a lot of people don't know what this means, and I, even I have to admit, I'm a little in the dark on what the whole thing means financially and economically. Oh, but my question man. to you is this. It's 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 this. Is this the rise of populism anger at its no. finest? And if that's the case in Britain, how long till I mean, it's already reared its ugly head here, as you know. But is that what we're really seeing or is there more to it than that?
0: No, 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 no. You know, I'm so glad And you and I didn't preplan this. We don't we don't really we don't prepare these conversations ahead of time. But I'm so glad you posed the question like that, because I have just been amused all day. The British are doing the same thing that's happening over here, we feel your pain, we understand, it's a populist movement, we're taking our country back. Bullshit. This is the British people, 52% of the British people anyways, not being able to accept their place in the world. I mean, it was just 100 years ago or 150 years ago that the British Empire was the most powerful empire on the planet. They they rule. Remember, it was uh, the sun never sets on the British Empire because, the you know, it was so big that wherever it was, the sun was, there was land that was owned by the British Empire where it was daytime, no matter what time of day. That's how big it was. I think I looked it up earlier today, like a fifth of the world's population, like 500 million people were ruled by this empire and you know a couple things happen right first of all the colonists said fuck you we're out of here we're swimming over to the other side of the ocean we're going to do our own religion thing and then we're going to beat your ass if you try to come over and take us back and we did so that kind of humbled them right we beat back the redcoats and i think that was a that was a blow that was a blow and then 50 60 years ago the nazis bombed the shit out of london which i think Uh, The Brits never thought any—they were untouchable, right? No one's going to bomb St. Paul's Cathedral and Westminster Abbey and all the great British icons. Well, bullshit. They got blitzkrieged, and they got the shit kicked out of them, and we had to come to their rescue. So that was another huge blow. Here we are 60 years later. They joined the EU, and they get all pissy because it's not benefiting them the way they wanted to benefit them, so now they're quitting, taking their ball, and going home. This is a people who are— Really, in the whole scheme of things, it's very recently that they literally ruled the earth and they just fucking don't anymore. In fact, they're borderline irrelevant. And so I think this is just a pouty, whiny, impulsive we're going home because we don't want to play with you anymore, kind of a, a, a move <laughs> by the Brits. It has nothing to do with what's going on in the United States, absolutely nothing, and I think calling it some sort of bold populist movement is just bullshit. And Love it. Okay, so speaking of the Brexit stuff, we got a special uh, notice today from our pal John Miller. You know John Miller, right?
1: Yeah, he's uh, called into the show a couple of times. He's, yeah, PR uh,
0: guy for for Donald, Trump. longtime PR guy for Donald Trump. So he's he's inner circle. He, I'm not going to say he did it. I'm going to say someone slipped us a copy of a, a an audio recording of a phone call that apparently happened earlier today. And and this is fascinating. This is fascinating. I just I, I don't want to set it up. I just want people to hear it because we're the only people that have this footage. Um, so we, L- Louise, yeah, can you roll that? Yeah, she's she sometimes she's Louise is you know how small Louise is she struggles with the big reel to reel. Uh, tapes. Yeah. Uh, there
1: you go. Ready? Roll it. Thank you. And put your shirt on, too, please, when you're in the studio. No, Thank no. You. It's it's really hot here. I like it when she's... Uh, <laughs> I told her she can make herself okay. comfortable. Okay. Uh, we have... Uh, so this is from John Miller. This it's a is recording. from John Miller.
0: Yeah. Recording. He's Trump's PR guy. And uh, again, we're the only people that have this. You're not going to hear this on CNN, folks.
1: You're not. And he and we no. don't know what... The, he did say uh, it's a phone call. So let's just see I, what we I, have I, here. I,
0: I don't know what this is, but all right, here, okay. here we go. Go ahead. Play it. good evening Brexit headquarters can help you
1: hello Uh, uh, I want to uh, to talk to the person who's heading up uh, the Brexit movement whoever that might be Uh,
0: um, sorry Uh, uh, everyone's gone home it's a it's a big day in uh, in England today and everyone's uh, everyone's quite exhausted frankly and uh, and they've gone All home. Right. Is this?
1: I wanna, I wanna, I wanna propose something. Yeah, I, this is an opportunity here. I wanna run it by you because I think it's tremendous, and it's just a once in a lifetime uh, thing. Cameron is resigned, uh, so there's an the, opening. The prime, the prime minister stepped down. That's correct. Who? I'm sorry. Who is this? This is Donald Trump. <coughs>
0: the wanker who's running for president in the U.S.
1: Not a wanker. I would tell you. They love me over here. I, I see an opportunity. You got an opening here. You got an opening in the United States. I'm offering one time only, two for one Trump, leader of the U.S., leader of the U.K. We all speak the same language. One time only. We could run both. It could be like the 1940s again. Running the world. One time opportunity. I'm throwing it out there. I just think we we both need to capitalize on this.
0: Mr. Trump, I, I'm uh, I, I'm just here to clean up after everyone. I, I don't actually work for the Brexit uh, movement. But I did see some applications lying around.
1: If you'd like me to, to, to send them to you, you could apply for the for the job. I mean, I'd, I'd be perfect for this over there. I think everyone over there loves me. I think we don't even need... I tell you what, we don't even need to build a wall because we have the white cliffs of Dover over there. It's natural. It's just surrounded by water. We don't need... A wall. We've got the English Channel, the North uh, we Sea. Do, we
0: do need something to keep the French out. <laughs> the, could, you,
1: could, could you do that? Not a problem. I mean, we could keep them out. That's great. That'll be great. That'll be great. They're not very ambitious people. I don't see them wanting to come into this. I'll
0: certainly pass along the message, Mr. Trump. But I, I must tell you, you're still a wanker. Uh,
1: I must tell you, your food is still awful. <laughs> Uh, you gotta come to trump tower and have a steak you really
0: uh, it's the one thing i could agree with you on that's why we drink warm beer we try to wash it down it's horrible thanks for calling mr trump and long
2: live the queen
1: yeah all right wow yeah there you go
0: so so i don't yeah i don't even know what to say about that but no one else has that no one wow that's exclusive to middle ground and here's my other here's my prediction They'll yeah. be back in the EU within 20... <laughs> they will. They'll be back within 20 years. It, you know, they're going to pout a little bit and they're going to be really stubborn because Brits are very stubborn. But um, they'll be back.
1: Uh, All right. Mark my words. All right. Well said. Well said.
0: Oh, can you tell I didn't eat my Wheaties today? I'm a little... I don't know. I'm, it's <laughs> well, you, it's it looks warm. It's like those
1: Snickers commercials where Joe Pesci gets angry. Maybe you should add a Snickers <laughs> before he came on. But I hey, like you think, I like them. You think this is funny? <laughs> you think I'm funny? <laughs> huh? Are you laughing at me? Yeah, I don't
0: know. So here's, I'll go. I didn't,
1: know you, had a, I'll I didn't go. know you had a Joe Pesci. People say you look like Ray Liotta, but I didn't know you had the Joe yeah. Pesci going, but that's brilliant.
0: Uh, well, I'll go on another rant. Here's topic number two, if we can touch on this. Go ahead. LeBron goes home to Cleveland, right? Haven't had a world it's championship. A it's a great story. It's a great story. They haven't had a world championship in any sport since the dinosaurs left Earth. and lebron comes home on a white horse and brings cleveland to the finals goes down three games to one to a golden state team that had long ago been coronated the successor to the bulls throne as a dynasty in the nba and somehow some way lebron pulls it off and cleveland runs away with game seven of the NBA Finals earlier this week.
1: Great story for middle ground, because Cleveland's Midwest, so that's, that falls under the middle ground territory, so I'm going to give it to them. We we like that story. You're right. Uh, LeBron went home to middle ground. He went home to the Midwest after living in Miami. So that's cool. Kudos to him.
0: Nope. 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 I, I, I couldn't disagree more. Really? Yeah. Um, here's the thing, and I'm serious about this. The NBA is fixed.
1: Oh, sure.
0: It's fixed. 100%. I, I I, mean, here you have a Golden State team. Let, let's just set the stage. Let me set the stage. And I don't want to turn this into sports talk radio or whatever, but this just struck me as so transparent. But, you know, nobody wants to see it. Nobody wants this to be true. But let me just set a stage here. Golden State, 73-9, and nine, they have the greatest most successful NBA season in the history of the sport. Greater than any team Michael Jordan ever played right. on. Okay. And they arguably don't have a star as big as Michael Jordan. Steph Curry, great player, but you know, I'm not right. yet to the level of a Michael Jordan. Agreed. Great. He's had a phenomenal two years. MVP two years in a row. They crazy, crazy run last year where they won the title. This year they have this amazing start. They they did not lose I don't, I don't believe they lost two games in a row until the playoffs. I don't think they lost more than one or two games at home all season until the playoffs. So they get to the finals. Games, uh, I think they lost, what was it, game one or game two? I forgot, so it was even one-to-one. And then they go off on games three and four and beat the living shit out of the Cavaliers who were full strength with Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, LeBron, you know, the the coronated greatest of all time, whatever you think of him. Full strength Cavaliers, once at Golden State and once in Cleveland, just literally annihilated the Cavaliers as if this team did not even belong. So they're up three games to one. It looks like the, the series is over. Golden State is, they have claimed their rightful place atop the throne once again, and they are going on to be the team of the decade with two. And suddenly, here's what I believe happened. ABC is owned by Disney. Disney also owns ESPN. I believe that Disney, after Golden State went up three games to one, said to themselves and to some other crucial people who may or may not work for the NBA or the Golden State Warriors, we will not accept a five-game series. We want the ratings that seven games will bring. So whatever you need to do, you make this a seven-game series or we're not going to re-up our contract the next time the TV rights come around. Wow. And, And if you're Adam Silver, commissioner of the NBA... You're not going to argue with that because you don't want to be responsible for that kind of money going away. So you do what you need to do. And then suddenly, so meanwhile, back on the court for game five, Draymond Green, arguably the second best player on the Golden State Warriors, is suspended for maybe, maybe not swinging his foot at LeBron James's crotch. Maybe, maybe not purposely, maybe, maybe not accidentally, we don't know, but he's had some technical fouls on him called in the past, so bam, suspended. Well, what does that do? That throws off Golden State's mojo, and they got right. pounded in that game. And everyone said, well, it's because of Draymond. He, you, know, you, can't, you can't have your second, third best player thrown out of the game. Okay, great. So now we go to game six. All they have to do is win that. What happens in game six? Steph Curry, who has never in his career – fouled out of a game in fact this year he never had as many as five fouls in a game suddenly in the second half of game six he gets three ticky tack fouls called on him and ejected from the game because he accidentally yanked his uh his mouthpiece out of his mouth and it flew into the stands so they ejected him so he falls out and he's ejected from the arena in game six the greatest player in the sport for two years would that have ever happened to michael jordan no, absolutely of course, not. Of course, of course not. not. So there, there's some respect there. An issue about Steph Curry, but okay. Green suspended for Game Five. Curry falls out of Game Game Six. Hmm, that's kind of strange how that, that happens, is isn't strange. it? And, that and is meanwhile, strange. meanwhile, Cleveland wins both games by at least thirty <laughs> when they when they hadn't even been close in the first four games. So now we've got a tied series at at four games. I'm sorry, three games apiece coming into Game Seven, and then I don't pretend to know what happens. You know, maybe they just said, "Okay, whoever wins Game Seven, we don't care because we got a Game Seven. That's all we cared about." If you're ABC, right, and, ES, and ESPN and Disney, so you know, and maybe. Who knows what mentally happened to Golden State, or and who knows who got paid, how much money for right. doing, who knows what. But I maintain, and I will not back down on it, this series was fixed. Golden State was the best team in the NBA last year. They're the best team this year. They're still the best team. They were robbed. The whole thing stinks. Uh, I I really am not a fan of the NBA, haven't been for a long time. I think it's it's— college basketball is far more interesting to watch, and who I knows, maybe may equally controlled by the powers that be, who knows, but <laughs> it's I not cer- certainly not as transparently as the NBA. And, and some someday we can have a similar discussion about the Super Bowls of the last 10 years and my theories of the NFL, but that's for another day. That's for
1: another day. Well said. Uh, good, strong points, and I have to agree. I mean, there's a lot going on here that's... So a special middle ground trophy to the writers at the NBA. You guys wrote a great season. <laughs> That's uh, right. You're up for an Emmy. That finale, that series finale, you guys wrote. People are still talking about it. You did a great job. We don't know who you are, but I'm sure I can't wait to see what you guys got cooked up next year. Great writing staff over there at the NBA. Great yep. scripts. There Good stuff. Go. Um, so, Boy,
0: after ripping the British Empire and then the NBA, do we really want to tackle gun control?
1: <laughs> no but can i give you i we don't because uh we just don't because what the democrats how much of this is all right here my turn to rant gun control is such a sensitive thing in this country and i eh, but here we go with the democrats you know there's some common sense things that can be done i think everyone agrees with that I think, tell me the truth. you got to be thinking about this a little bit. Did the Democrats just not take advantage of that a little bit and put on a little show? They always do that, and that bugs the crap out of me. I hate that, Chris. I hate that. I actually agreed with them. Look,
0: I've never voted for a Democratic presidential candidate in my life. I'll just come right out and say it. You know, I grew up in the Reagan era, sort of right. politically became aware of what was going on in the world under President Reagan. Voted for Bush in the first election I could I could contribute to. You say what you want about grandstanding and, you know, they used social media for the first time and, you know, all the things that they did this week. I'm talking about the Democrats and the sit-in to force a vote on gun control. You know, on the other side, the Republicans were kind of pricks. Like, no, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to pretend you're not even there. We're just going to go about other business today in the house and ignore you. I'm a conservative. But when are we going to do something about the guns and the people who have the guns and the kinds of guns that these people have and the things that they do with these guns? When are we going to do something? How many people have to die at once uh, and I don't care, assault rifles, pistols, hand- I, I don't care. It, and then you get the Democrats trying to do something, and the Republicans just don't even
1: give a shit. They just move on. It's, I, I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. I'm even, uh, I definitely could see that point of view. My thing is, I don't even know that it's a, uh, I can, I'm going to be an ostracized for saying this, is it a gun issue? I mean, I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say it. No, I, God, it is a gun issue. Obviously, if you go into a nightclub and take out 50 people, that's a gun issue. But he, he, you know, he was uh, under surveillance or whatever. He was uh, he was on some lists, but he was the, he committed no arrestable crimes. That part blows me away. It's just a, I don't know. I, I look at it and I go, you can take away the guns. But if someone really wants to do something and is mentally sick enough, they're going to do some damage. And I, um, I,
0: I agree with you. I, I agree with you. But you, you can't throw up your hands and say, no matter what we do. Somebody's going to slip through the cracks. Well, of course, we're not going to stop 100% lockdown, every single person, you know, lone wolf who's going to secretly go out. And you're not going to do it. We, It can't be done. But let's try to stop as many of them as we can. So let's not allow military-grade assault rifles into the hands of civilians let's not even allow it let's not if someone did something to even flag the fbi at some point let's put them on the no gun list for a year two years five years whatever it is Um, if someone's mentally off and been treated or been hospitalized for some mental reason no guns if you're on the no fly list no guns you know i mean if you have all these rules where you restrict it you're going to at least eliminate the people who obviously shouldn't have guns. Now, people, right. it's or, you know, it's right. almost like I liken it to this, right? Why do you have a lock on your front door?
1: To keep out the people that might break in.
0: Right. But if someone really wants to break into your fucking house, right. is that lock going to stop them? Hell no. no. But you, as my father used to say, we put the locks on the doors to keep out the honest people. <laughs>
1: Great point. No, you're right. Uh, What you're saying is if you make it harder, then you would basically ensure that only the the people that really, really are dead set on doing something, pardon the pun, are going to do it. And I think that's a good point. If you make it harder and harder and harder to get this thing, you're going to ward off some people. Some people are going to quit halfway through. It's like Chris Rock did a great bit. He did this awesome bit. Um, about solving crime in, in big cities. He said he thinks bullets should cost $5,000 a piece. So that, oh, yeah. so that's a great bit. I can't do it like he does, but he's like, man, I'm going to blow your head off, man. I'm going to blow your fucking head off. I'm going to go home. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to save up some money. <laughs> and I'm going to buy a bullet. And then I'm going to blow your head off. So yeah, if you can wait, make it really hard to do and take some of the emotion out of it, that's a good point. All right. So you sold there you me. Go. You've sold me. Well done. That leads right into my dick pic. Dick pics. Dick, dick,
2: dick, 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 dick pics.
1: Talk about bad timing. The my, my dick pic is to the marketing team at Sheraton Hotels because the same week that this happened, I get an envelope in the mail from Sheraton Hotels and literally I pull the thing out. I don't know if this was intended or not, but the message on the pamphlet is, Come explore Orlando. <laughs> I'm not kidding. It's true. That actually. Wow.
0: Yeah, the Orlando Chamber of Commerce, I think, took the week off this week. Not the happiest place on earth. uh,
1: It's not the, no, it's not the Magic Kingdom anymore. Apparently not. Sorry, it's not.
0: Sorry Sorry. about that, Orlando. Nice. Um, Oh, Nice. I used to work at Disney World. Did I tell you that? No. I was a character at Walt Disney World in 1987. Who'd you play? I was Pluto, Big Bad Wolf, Br'er Bear. A bunch, you know, it goes by your height. You're classified by height. My main job, my daily job, was to march in the electrical. Back then, it was called the Electrical Light Parade At every night. At night. Loved it. Main Street Electrical Parade. It was twice a night, I think. I think nine o'clock and eleven o'clock, something like that. But between parades, and this is really dating me, but the parade would take like an hour and then every we'd all go backstage and we had like our, our building. It was like basically like a pole barn back in the rainforest somewhere behind the park, waiting an hour, hour and a half for the next parade. But we'd watch we'd sit there and watch Tracy Ullman, the Tracy Ullman show. This is late eighties. <laughs> yeah. And uh and there was a guy who could do an amazing impression of Goofy. And so I would do, you know, Goofy, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I would do Mickey Mouse. Hey, Goofy, what's going on? And we would have the dirtiest conversations. Ah. <laughs> Goofy, I shagged the shit out of Minnie last night. You wouldn't believe what came out of her pussy. <laughs> Holy shit.
1: Wow. Go, tell tell me, Mick. A lot of fun. Absolutely. I, I, that's, that's a great bit.
0: That's awesome. Orlando, not the happiest place on earth this week. So sorry, sorry about, about that. that.
1: Orlando, we are with you. Um, we love
0: you, Orlando. We love you. My dick pic is a tie between the British people, 52% of the British people, those who voted for Brexit stage left. What a dick. The entire uh, kingdom of LeBron James and the NBA. What a dick. And the three-way tie would be anyone who uh, uh, is a member or supports the NRA. What
1: a dick. Nice. There you go. Dick Picks.
0: Let's move on to what people really came here for, and that's to hear from a family that is traveling across the United States as we speak on a 14-month odyssey. Uh, They've dropped out of their normal lives, left
1: their home in Durango. This is uh, Matt and Sherry Kelly and their son, Malcolm, uh matt uh actually i used to date sherry's roommate they're uh they're living the dream if you dream that type of thing and they certainly do but they're they're dreamers and they're doers so i give them all the credit in the world but uh this is them matt and sherry kelly and their son malcolm
0: So you guys are joining us from the road? Is that, where where are you? I guess I should ask, where are you right now?
3: We are in, we are living in a house on the Green Bray Boardwalk, which is this really old boardwalk that's an inlet off the San Francisco Bay, and it's in Marin County, which is just north of San Francisco.
2: This is the first stop. We left uh, Durango on June 7th and we've been out here a couple of weeks now. So tell
0: us how the how you got the idea, how it all started and you know how how the ball got rolling.
2: Well, since the, since the time that Sherry and I were living in Chicago and you know even before we got married, Sherry took off for Thailand for 13 months. And so the travel bugs always sort of been part of who we are and we'd always had this idea that we wanted to take a year off from work and travel around the world. And we'd had some friends who did it and one couple spent two hundred thousand dollars moving every couple of days as they moved from hotel to hotel around the world, and that didn't seem very appealing. And um, the uh, it was gonna it was gonna cost you know a significant amount of money to be able to travel abroad because um, it'd be more difficult for both of us to work. And one day. I think Sherry, uh, as a rehab uh, program manager, she used to manage the rehab department at a uh, nursing home, hired a traveler. Um, So a physical therapist or occupational therapist who just travels on three-month assignments. And it sort of clicked with me that uh, Sherry, as a speech therapist, could travel and we could really just make our entire life portable. And so that's what we've done.
3: And I think it was... um The idea was furthered because our son, who's 15, really wants to be a chef. And tons of people kept saying to him, oh, you know, if you ever get to wherever, San Francisco or Boston, we know someone. You should hook up and check out their restaurant and meet them or work in their kitchen. And then we have the idea of maybe combining both of those things and giving him uh, more worldly experience and some experience in other restaurants and at the same time being able to do some of this traveling as a family.
0: Do you have it mapped out in terms of how many stops and where you're stopping or are you just winging it?
3: We are pretty much winging it because, well for lots of reasons, but the main one is that because um, I'm working for the whole time that we're traveling, I go, I need to go by assignment. And you don't usually find out where the next assignment is until just a week or two before you go. If you're lucky, maybe a month in advance. But pretty much when a facility needs a therapist, they, um, they need one right away, and so they those positions open and close pretty quickly, especially in cool, interesting places. So we're in San Francisco, and then who knows where? How how
1: are you guys liking? I mean, you obviously you're in one of the most beautiful places in all the country, if not the most beautiful place in all the country. Uh, how are you liking Marin County so far? It's pretty amazing, huh?
2: Yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been fabulous. Um, so we're really pleasantly surprised about how close everything is, and. Absolutely fucking horrified by the traffic. Um,
3: yeah. <laughs> and the price of everything. Oh,
2: There's a lot of places for rent in San Francisco if you've got 7000 a month to spend.
0: You guys are from Chicago, though. How can you be horrified about the traffic? Nothing is worse than the Eisenhower or the Kennedy at 5 p.m. on a weekday.
2: <laughs> yeah, but it's been a long time since we've had to, uh, to grind through that. You know, we left, we left Chicago in 1999 to move to, uh, to Durango. Uh, and that was on a, a total right. whim.
0: A, a traffic jam in Durango is what, when a, when a, a herd of bison crossed the road or what?
2: <laughs> you're, 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 you say that thinking you're funny, but listen, <laughs> listen, listen to, to, to I Sherry. I was just
3: going to say, one of the first experiences we had in Durango, we're driving around on some road that wasn't even particularly a backcountry road, and we pass a, a horse and a guy's riding the horse with a white little white flag and you know, a other. We thought <laughs> he'd surrendered. We had no <laughs> idea what was going on. And we didn't slow down at all and we round the, the the bend in the road and it's just covered with sheep that they're herding and taking from one place to another. And do you know so- what
2: sheep do when they walk down the road? They shit. So <laughs> slamming on your brakes behind a herd of sheep, you start to slide. <laughs> and we found out what it meant when a guy on a horse is riding with a white flag. Well, you know, that's not so strange. That's exactly what I do when I walk down a busy freeway. Really?
0: <laughs> Especially in Chicago. I mean, come on, you're walking down the median. Of course
1: you're gonna shake your With a white flag, thank you. I need that white flag back first. <laughs> so Matt, I've known you and Sherry for a long time. I knew Sherry first. I think I was actually there the night you guys met, but I was always amazed that you guys- I think you, you probably cool were. Yeah, you guys were such free spirits, you guys would... In
0: other words, Chris struck out with her first, and then you moved in, Matt. Is that what happened?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No,
2: no, no, no.
0: But anyways,
1: being a free spirit, giving yourself freedom to challenge and explore the world, that's definitely, it sounds like something that you guys have tried to pass on to your son. Is that pretty fair to say?
3: I think it is. And, you know, I think one of the things is that we always go back to, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, and... And that then frees us up to go. And we've tried to talk to Malcolm about the same thing. You know, what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is you hate it and you come back home. Or you give it up and you try something else or whatever. But... If you look at it from that perspective, things don't seem nearly as scary because there's usually an out to just about anything.
0: So what was his reaction when you first sat down and posed the idea of taking him out of school for a year and traveling the country?
3: Um,
2: He was pretty, he was actually really open to it. And the idea of getting to work in different restaurants as we moved around was definitely a a carrot for the whole thing. Um, You know, Malcolm goes to a a charter school, um, a project-based learning school. Um, he's severely dyslexic like I am. And so he's, uh, you know, school isn't, uh, isn't his main focus. He, he does really well, um, but he doesn't stress out about it. Um, you know, he likes to, you know, if he had his preference, he would work in a kitchen, you know, cooking and ski. And that's pretty much what he would, how he would split his time up. Um, so he was super excited about the idea of, of going to online high school. So he's going to BYU's online high school right now. And he does school for about three hours a day. And he'll probably knock out his sophomore year in about 100 days. So that'll give him 200 days, 200 plus days without school and just getting to, uh, to work and do what he enjoys.
1: You have to feel good, though. I mean, this is someone who's 15 years old, and it sounds like, to me, already knows what they're passionate about and is working towards what they want. As a parent, I would feel, like, really proud of that and also kind of relieved that maybe there's a painful journey there that maybe they don't have to take to find their way in the world, and they just kind of know what they want. I mean, that's... I guess that's a credit to you guys, but that's got to make you feel good at some level as well, too, right? Yeah,
2: it does. And uh, um, so, Mal- so Malcolm's right here. So, tell him, Malcolm, about how you how you discovered your passion for cooking.
4: I was at a fund- a local fundraiser in Durango called Chocolate Fantasia. So, a bunch of chefs and uh, everybody makes different chocolate desserts and. It's $20. You can come in, eat as much as you want. Um, But I got started talking with uh, the chef at the Strader Hotel. And for this year, he had made bacon chocolate chip cookies, which are one of my specialties, I think. (laughs) And so we started talking, and I basically told him that mine were better than his. And I told him why. Gave me his business card and said, call him if I want an internship. So I did, and about a month afterward, after a month of working in the kitchen, I realized that that's what I want to do for the rest of my
2: life. So, guys, this was 12 years old telling the chef that his bacon chocolate chip cookies were better than his. (laughs) I have to ask you, Malcolm, though, this trip, you know, as much great
0: experience as it's going to give you, it's got to be putting a crimp in the old dating life.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um,
4: Well, I don't know. Because. Let's see. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's a use any language podcast. I'm just trying to make it so I won't hurt anyone's feelings back home. <laughs> if they were to ever watch this. Um... But it's a very small pool of possibilities in Durango. So this trip widens it out for three months at a time in each place.
0: This is really playing out well for Malcolm because just when he gets to the point that a relationship either gets serious or goes wrong, you guys get the hell out of town. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, we're setting up a whole pattern for the rest of his life around, uh, you know, disappearing and, you know, (laughs) ghosting.
1: In fact, no one in the room is admitting it, but he's actually planning the trip. It's crazy. Let's say a guardian angel comes down and says, you guys can map this trip out the rest of the year. You plan it, you, where do you want to go? Where are the places that you guys want to see and want to visit?
3: I think we want to spend the fall in either Boston or New York City. And then we're gonna go stay with Julie for the winter because they're in um, a really cool historic area of Phoenix and they've got a pool and things like that. So that's <laughs> sounding nice. pretty good. And then we're gonna to go to Hawaii and then maybe next summer we'll go to Alaska. That's ideal. Maybe New Orleans in there somewhere.
0: Are any of you blogging or podcasts? Are you, are you documenting this along the way?
4: I'm having a blog on my website, com. I'm also using Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.
1: If Sherry is doing speech therapy, and Malcolm is starting to be the next great chef. What is Matt Kelly doing?
2: So I'm, uh, I'm able to run my, run my business from anywhere. So uh, I'm doing personal finance coaching. Uh, most of my clients uh, weren't in Durango to begin with. And so I'm just uh, continuing to build and grow my uh, coaching program from wherever we are.
1: Huh.
0: So, Malcolm, I have to ask, this is this will be, in the fall, it would be your 10th grade year, is that right? Yes. When you go back, uh, you know, I assume the fall of 2017, you're going to go back your junior year, same high school. Do you have any anxiety or worries about matriculating back in with your friends, with school, and with everything that goes on there?
4: Not really. The high school that I go to, whenever anyone leaves for an extended amount of time to, like, do a semester abroad... Uh, Their advisory teacher, which is kind of like their homeroom teacher, cuts out a giant picture of them and puts them on their wall. So right now my uh, advisory teacher has a giant picture of me on her wall. Um, So people will know who I am and what I do. Um, So I don't think it will be that hard.
3: And you're going to Skype in with your advisory every Wednesday if you can, right?
0: Yeah. That sounded like uh, you're going to Skype in with all your teachers, aren't you, Malcolm? Right? Nah. How hard was your mom pinching you right there while she said that?
1: Pretty hard. Well, if you do go back to school and the kids do try and beat you up, there's nothing. There's no problems there that a, a nice big bag of bacon cookies could be
0: solved. <laughs> you guys have been on the road how many days now? Are you counting the days? uh we left the 17th so we're on like 14 days what's happened so far what kind of mishaps on the road has the the kelly family endured
3: oh my gosh yeah like almost (laughs) almost almost daily
2: so so even before we got on the road like i don't know seven days you know before we got on the road we'd ordered a um a uh, a trailer hitch so that we could have put a trailer hitch mounted bike rack and carry four bikes on the on the back of the van so uh i took the i took the van in to get the trailer hitch that i'd ordered online installed um they of course installed that first and then they did the uh sort of uh, pre-road trip inspection and they came back with uh three thousand dollars worth of repairs
3: on a van that's oh. worth less than that
2: yeah. Ouch. Um, Ouch. So so that was a Thursday afternoon. Cut out of work and uh, went uh, shopping. Picked out a, a a used van newer than the uh, uh, the POS that we were uh, we were driving. So we traded it. <laughs> we traded in the uh, the van that needed three thousand dollars worth of work for five hundred bucks. Uh, bought a van. Um, so that was sort of the first wrinkle in the uh meanwhile the losing
3: the brand new trailer hitch and all that we paid to have that installed and of course the new van is oh. a totally different kind so yeah there was that
0: yeah. So what kind of van are you are you making this trip in?
3: We're in a Toyota Sienna minivan. Yeah, 2008 minivan. It's like like sitting in bass fishing boats or something. Lazy boy recliners inside that thing. It's nice.
2: <laughs> but you haven't had to sleep in it or anything thus far. No. Not yet. Not yet.
3: We have our camping gear with us if we need to stop rather than sleep in the van and
2: Day 2 um, so we've bought the van, we get on the road, we've got the brand new fucking trailer hitch for the second time. And uh <laughs> I come out uh I come out in Lake Havasu, Arizona at like five thirty in the morning to go for a run. It's like hundred and twenty two degrees. I'm listening to Middle Ground, listening to the podcast with the uh she wasn't a dominatrix. What was she?
0: Femdom humiliatrix. A humiliatrix.
2: Exactly, the humiliatrix. So I'm listening to the to the middle ground podcast. I come back from my run. I grab my keys off the wheel of the van, and I look down, and there's a nail sticking out of the sidewall of the van. So I pull. I pull oh. out the nail.
3: Yeah, that was brilliant.
2: And, and, and I realized the tire is now leaking air, and it wasn't leaking when I was staring at the nail, so I carefully insert the nail back into the tire. Lesson learned. Know what you're going to do when you pull the nail out. So I went and bought a new tire for the new van, and uh, we got back on the road, no delay or anything like that. And the good
3: news is it wasn't in the middle of the desert on the way to Las Vegas, so... Yep.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we go to Vegas. We spend a night in Vegas. We show Malcolm what Vegas looks like. He realizes it'll be a lot more fun at 21 than it was at 15. And then we drove to Yosemite. Um, we go out to dinner in, uh, you know, outside of Yosemite. And we leave the bag of food on the floor. Um, and the dog eats all of our chocolate. <laughs> I'm driving around trying to find peroxide to make the dog puke. The dog pukes all over the bathroom.
3: In the hotel room. In yeah.
2: the hotel room.
0: <laughs> Can't you just stick the dog's paw down his own throat? Doesn't that work for dogs, too?
3: I I <laughs> tried sticking my fingers down the dog's throat, which I hear you're not supposed to do, but... I,
0: yeah, I, but I, he's not <laughs> supposed to eat chocolate either, so by this point, you know, who really cares?
2: So we, we leave Yosemite, and we're driving into um, the uh, the hotel that we're staying at. So the company that Sherry works for Um, provides a housing stipend and you can either take the stipend or they'll get you corporate housing and so until we could move into the house we're in now we were taking corporate housing and so we were in an extended stay hotel we're driving into San Francisco we get off the interstate Um, the neighborhood's getting a little more sketchy and a little more sketchy and we go under the under ramp underneath the interstate and it's a full-on homeless camp And the GPS says, you'll arrive at your destination in one minute. Thanks, Uncle Google. And so we unload all of our stuff. We're
3: being watched as we unload all of our stuff.
2: Yeah, exactly. We put two bike locks on our four bikes and I go to uh, Target and buy three more locks. I come out in the morning and the bikes are there. I go get coffee, coffee with a with a guy who's uh, fighting alcoholism, Otis, who joined me at my table outside Starbucks. <laughs> I come back to the hotel. <laughs> Malcolm goes to take the dog out about an hour later. our. Road bike. Our five thousand dollar road bike is missing. Somebody's come up, cut all the locks, and walked away with the road bike.
1: Sounds like uh, sounds like an inside job. Sounds like Otis distracted you. by one of his partners <laughs> moved in. And
2: got the, exactly. I mean, exactly. That means I'm functioning. sorry. Yeah. So uh, so then we moved up to, uh, to we changed hotels that day and moved up to San Rafael. Oh, other than our bank shutting down all of our debit cards yesterday for trying to fraudulently use them in a safe way in uh, California. Uh, Everything's been good since we got here.
3: So a bunch of little things, but nothing, nothing too bad. Of course, Matt's been posting all that to Facebook. And so some people are like, don't you think these are signs that you should go home? We're like, <laughs> no, this is just part of the adventure.
2: <laughs> this is just the funny shit you tell about the
0: story. Which brings up a point. What what do you guys anticipate is going to happen to your marriage during this trip? Are there going to be strains on the relationship? Let's, let's, get, let's get real for a moment.
2: You know, I think any time that, that Sherry and I have really shaken things up from you know what we're doing, what we're working on, where we're living, our relationship grows uh, grows stronger. And anytime that we get complacent in you know same old, same old, same old, then it gets uh, it gets you know less strong. So I'm anticipating that we're going to have a you know a stronger relationship coming out of this than, you know than anything that's detrimental.
1: Hmm. You're probably
2: going to have another kid.
3: No, 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 no,
2: no. No, that's uh, <laughs> that was that was surgically taken care of uh, about 15 years ago.
0: The three of you are obviously very close family. It sounds like you have a good relationship with Malcolm. Are, are you in close quarters? Are you are you in two bedroom? Apartments you're going to be staying in i mean how is this going to work for the three of you
3: so we're used to the small space right now um in durango our we live in a condo that's less than 900 square feet with the three of us and a dog and a cat um so the extended stay hotel was a little bit challenging but we did pretty well i think there was yeah. one you know one room one bathroom Mal- malcolm had the pull out sofa um, this place—it's a, it's
2: a buzzkill. A, a studio apartment with uh, a teenage son is definitely a
1: buzzkill on uh, sexual activity. Yeah, I would think Chris, so. Yeah, I'm surprised Chris hasn't asked that yet because that's usually the first question he goes to—is can Malcolm hear you doing it? Which, of course, the answer is yes.
3: <laughs> yes, if you're in the same room. <laughs>
1: if it's done properly, he can.
0: Well, you know, but I think the better question is: Are you hearing Malcolm doing it with anyone he meets? <laughs>
2: Not yet. I think it's still a solo act.
3: So this place feels like a mansion now. We're now we're in a two bedroom one it's one bath but there's a front deck and a back deck and living room and kitchen and all that this is probably the biggest place we've ever lived in
0: so in this uh 2008 toyota van how much crap are you hauling around is it just clothes or what else do you have
3: it's still way too much so you know we thought we were getting everything down to just the bare minimum and there's still now we're moving up you know a box of books like we had to have when we left and why are we carrying this around with us? So we have some books. We, I have some stuff for work. Matt has some stuff for work.
2: You know, I'm blue, I'm hauling around a blue Yeti microphone. You know that <laughs> <laughs> just just in case we get invited to be on a podcast. You know. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a good move. I think it'd be kind of cool to check in with you guys at each of your stops and see how you're doing and, and update the stories. Yeah,
2: totally. We're totally open to that.
3: Yeah, that'd be great.
0: Yeah, we can turn it into a segment. We'll give you a theme awesome. song, some sound effects. <laughs> we'll give it a title. It'll be awesome. I
3: always wanted my own theme song.
0: The the Tinder updates aren't cutting it anymore, so we got to
1: replace it with something. <laughs> Marin County, and obviously now you're. Sounds like you were in the East Bay for a while, um, or Oakland or that area. Um, just amazing. Have you guys uh, partaken? Have you gone up to Napa or have you explored it? Or tell me a little bit about what you guys have been doing so far.
3: We still have lots to do, but we've been trying to keep busy. So we, you know, we went downtown San Francisco and just sort of figured things out, tried to figure out where I was going to be working because it was a, a few different places and found Fisherman's Wharf and checked out the public transportation system, which is one of my favorite things to do. And then um, we spent another weekend in Sausalito, poking around there and and taking a look at that.
2: You know, we've just been sort of getting oriented to the area, trying to, I've been trying to turn the GPS off and actually navigate, you know, through my own brain instead of... uh you know, letting Google do it for me. So we've just been getting basic orientation here this first couple of weeks. We're
0: looking forward to seeing where you land next, and I think it'd be cool to check in with you guys periodically and see how you're doing, get some stories from you, some stories from Malcolm. Before we let you go, though, and since you've listened to the podcast, we fire three quick questions at our guests, but since you guys are in tandem, we'll change it up a little bit.
3: I don't know if I heard that part.
0: If you, well, that's because you don't stay until the end. You're probably stopping and, you know, you're gone. We save it to the end. Um, so, Sherry, maybe this one's for you, but if you had one dream spot you could go anywhere in the world, not just the U.S., where would you go?
3: I really want to go to Bali, nice. and I don't really know why, except we have some friends who've been all over the world, and their three favorite places are Turkey, Bali, and Durango, where we live, so... <laughs> um, Bali, I think,
2: is it? But I'm sure not necessarily in that order. <laughs> well, actually, they—he uh, uh, had been a senior executive with the World Bank, and they could choose to relocate anywhere they wanted to for their final relocation. And uh, they were choosing between Bali, Turkey, and Durango, and they chose Durango. Wow. That's that is a that's high praise,
1: Matt. To you, the uh, the second question, and I, as I said, I've known you for a long time. You definitely have the spirit of adventure. But uh, career-wise, you've always done well with starting your own thing and kind of had little entrepreneurial projects. Is there anything out there, career-wise or anything else-wise, that you'd like to attempt if you knew that you couldn't fail?
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely, uh, definitely writing a writing a book. I've written a column, a personal finance column, for the last five years, and. Uh, feeling like I've got a book in me. I've just written the last nine columns have been um, outlines of each of the chapters of a, a book called Solving the Fulfillment Puzzle. And so that is, uh, um, if, I, if I knew I wouldn't fail, um, I, would, uh, I would definitely write faster.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm,
1: I'm, well, I'm, I know you wouldn't fail, so write it, hurry up. That's a good book. Great idea.
0: I'm with you on that, but I'm surprised you haven't thought about a book about this trip. Uh, that's that, by the time you're done, you're probably going to have enough stories.
2: We definitely will probably have enough
0: stories. And so, lastly, the last question if you were to pick a song between the two of you that sums up the, this trip and what you expect to get out of it or this whole experience, what song would it be?
2: Uh, the Jason Mraz song.
3: Oh,
1: um, (laughs)
2: geez.
3: Well,
1: you know, song clearly has so much meaning to the both of you. It totally (laughs)
3: does. It totally does. But I can never remember. It's you're lucky. We remember the name of the artist. I won't give up. I won't give up. Yeah,
2: that's it. Oh, I won't give up. Okay. Yeah. So the, the song that sums it up for us is Jason Mraz. I won't give up. Very cool. Well, you, can, that's you, can, you can chop that up with you, editing. You and can make edit that. that, out. that oh yeah, we'll good. make that sound really. Sm- <laughs> we'll make you so- we'll, we'll make you guys sound really smart
0: and funny. Oh, God. <laughs> Believe me, I, I try to do that every week. Work with Kelch. I'm getting good at it. <laughs> thank you. Doing an amazing job. I want to thank both of you. Thank all three of you for joining us and taking time out of your uh, your adventure to to join us. And I hope you continue to do it in the stops in the future. Uh, ChefMalcolmKelly.com. I've already checked out the website. Very cool. And Chef Malcolm Kelly on Instagram. Is there anything else we should plug?
4: Um, Chef Malcolm (laughs) K
2: and Twitter. One of the cool things that Sherry's doing is actually doing a one-second video every day. And that'll get knitted together into a video that documents the entire trip
3: in six and a half minutes.
2: Thanks, you guys. This was this was great. Thank Malcolm for us. I don't know if he's still there.
0: He's out at the, he's out at the grill. Uh, pulling the ribs off. As well he should be.
3: Good to talk to you both.
0: Good luck to you guys. I hope uh, I hope the adventures continue and, and get better and better as you go down the road. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, you guys. The Kelly family on the road. That's it for this week. Email for us as chrisandchrismg at gmail.com. Send us a note. We'd love to hear from you. And have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Well, I won't give up on us even if the skies get rough. I'm giving you all my love. I'm still looking up. And when you're needing your space, to do some navigating,
3: I'll be here patiently waiting to see what you find.
0: Even the stars, they.